Chilling. Truth. He killed 33 times. I'm a king, man. I decide who does what and where they do it at. Next time you see me. Yeah, I can always edit this shit in post, I guess. But have you been recording? I just started right now when I said, "Are you ready?" <laughs> oh, okay. And of course, the second I hit record, Jonah's like waking up behind me now. Nice. Oh, never mind. He's just moving around. Anyway, so my baby's in the room with me. He's asleep. Uh, we shouldn't have any issues. So, oh, you know what it is? I like that Rockets hat, dude. Gotta turn my mic to the side a little bit. I should sound better now if you notice that I sounded bad. Oh, thank you. I got it at Burlington Coat Factory for like $5. Dude, best $5? I like it. It's a steal, dude. I'm not even a Rockets fan. I'm just... I don't even uh, watch uh, basketball. Uh, well, and I honestly, I only watch the NBA when Dallas is in the playoffs. But uh, I like the Rockets because um, because James Harden played for the Rockets and he went to ASU. But that's the thing; I'm not even a Rockets fan anymore. Now, now I like the the Brooklyn Nets because James Harden plays for the Nets now. And because he went to ASU, that's your only criteria for liking a basketball player. Yeah, he well, and he's good. He's really good. And he has a beard, you know, bearded brothers, dude. We got to Yeah, no, of course I feel you. Um, are you ready to get into the episode? Whatever, man. Yeah. <laughs> Enough sports been a crazy talk. day. All right. Yeah, let's go. So welcome to The Chilling Truth, everybody. I'm Corey, and I'm actually looking at Johnny today. Uh, I'm seeing him in his beautiful face. And uh, we're doing part two of the Texas Killing Fields. And I know we were supposed to have the episode out last week, but guess what? We didn't. So we're doing it now. So it's the same thing. Just imagine that we told you last week we weren't going to do it the next week, and now we're doing it this week. See, now everybody's... I, 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 well, no, I have to say, like, well, I don't know why you had to, like, emphasize that you're looking at me. You look at me every week when I record on camera. Not always. Last time I didn't because my phone was on my desk, remember, because it was dark in the room. But it was still on. Like, they didn't know that. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like I like to say it. <laughs> anyway, so we I left... felt like everything was the same. So I thought it was weird that you brought it up because nothing had changed for me. Well, yeah, of course. For you. Yeah, okay. Okay, so anyway, okay. so we left off... Um, we told you guys there was going to be some happiness found uh, when the arrest was made in connection to the murder of Shaw and Johnson, and that's what we're going to be picking up today. Today? Yeah, it's right here. I just highlighted oh, okay. it. okay. <laughs> that was your cue that. to start reading the sentences. Got it. <laughs> uh, so, Also uh, a great right, start. Um, I love when episodes start like this. Well, Johnny, did you you didn't even do an intro. Yeah, I did. I said, welcome to the Chilling Truth, everybody. I'm Corey. I'm looking at Johnny. And then you said, why did you say you were looking at oh, me? You did do that. Literally, uh, like, not even a minute ago. All right. Um, uh, okay, let it be. You've had a day. You know, no, it's on, fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little spacey. All right. So, getting into it. But in 1972, going back, when Johnson's and Shaw's bodies were found, okay, Lloyd... They found Lloyd self-worked at a gas station near, uh, was it Nassau Bay? Sure. Nassau? Nassau? Did you say Nassau? Fuck, I thought Nassau know. Bay uh, Road, but which is in Webster. So a slender <laughs> man with dark, uh, with soft dark hair and a longish, slightly crooked jaw uh, 
Renee Johnson's grandfather was the Webster City uh, councilman, so strings were pulled to find her killer. Yeah, of course. Some more nepotism involved. So, uh, Donald Ray Morris was a Texas Department of Public Safety trooper. He took a job as Webster PD's new chief. Uh, Morris was looking at self, uh, self already because he thought self had stolen gas from the fire chief's uh, station wagon. Which is like you work so, at the gas station. Just why? Just why would you steal it from another car? Steal it from the gas station? Yeah. So he and Morris already didn't get along, and since Self had also undergone psychiatric treatment uh, after being accused of being a peeping tom, you know, it, he really didn't have a whole lot of credibility. Well, I mean, that's also like if he's guilty, if big quotations in that. Uh, you're gonna see that in a second. Uh, that's a very clear sign of escalation. I mean, Ted Bundy started out as a peeping Tom. I'm pretty sure Ed Kemper did it. Uh, I mean, it's pretty common. It's 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 almost like given with serial killers. But yeah, so that's a, a clear sign of escalation from him. So uh, along with escalation, about a month after Morris took over as the <clears throat> excuse me the police chief, uh, Self was questioned at the Texaco he worked at. Uh, he told Tommy Deal, uh, the assistant chief, that he would talk to them after he got off of work. Uh, by 7.30, he was in an interrogation room uh, and was read his rights. Uh, half an hour later, uh, Don Morris arrived, and around 9.30, self-allegedly confessed. Great. We caught him. Good to go, yeah? No. You're gonna have to, go ahead and just tell him the non-happy ending here. So it was later discovered that Self had confessed under coercion, so he uh, was more or less forced to confess to the crimes. So another officer even saw Morris telling Self what to write in his confession. Self also claimed that he was screamed at and even assaulted by Morris in an effort to get him to confess. Uh, Morris told Self he was not leaving the interrog interrogation room until he admitted to killing the girls. Uh, and it was later determined by the Texas Appeals Court that a confession alone was not enough for a conviction. However, it did uh, come too late for Mike Self, who served 23 years in prison until he died of a heart attack in the year 2000. And that's uh, fucked, while he honestly. Was still incarcerated. Yeah. Because, I mean, it makes sense that not, I mean, just a confession is not enough to put someone in prison forever. Because, I mean, how often do we see it with serial killers where, uh, People come in and they're like, I did it. I'm the fucking killer. Because they want the credibility. They want to be well, aside famous. Well, from the copycat, yeah, aside from the copycat and the recognition, I, I would say that, um, I don't know, it, it's it's plausible that, you know, these, these suspects, quote unquote, they're sitting in a room, an unfamiliar environment where they are hounded and... Yeah, it's very uh, intimidating. Just, but it... But it's not even the intimidation in short. It's it's long periods. Like you're you're keeping these individuals in this room for hours on hours. Yeah, they hold you up for like forty where, hours without a, without a what is it right? A so or whatever. But then you're dealing with sleep deprivation, which is going to make your mind kind of do things that you normally wouldn't do with a sober, clear-headed. It's like if you if you think of it in the in the sense of like when someone's being tortured, trying to get information out of someone, typically. Most people break, and that reason is because the, there's no end in sight. You know what I mean? Like, they don't see it as like, oh, this is going to end. They're going to let me go. I'll be fine. Like, no, you're like, it's either you're going to well, keep getting tortured until you're dead. No, 
Right, but I think that's how it ends a lot because you have these individuals that are suspected in a crime or a horrific crime, okay? And let's say uh, that you're talking about people that uh, have genuinely committed the crime. We're not talking about the small percentage of people that are innocent, okay? Let's say that it's an individual that did it, but he's not confessing, he's not confessing. Eventually, that person in that mind state uh, is capable of doing something. So since they're capable of, of, of committing this horrific crime... is a scapegoat. Obvi- obvious, well, no, obviously they are mentally unstable. So when you interrogate for a long period of time, you can kind of tap into that instability. And you yeah, can kind of manipulate yeah, I it. I can see that, yeah. So if you are not level-headed to begin with, it's easily uh, understandable how a law enforcement officer can convince you, yeah, if you just tell the truth, you can go home. Yeah, they're and easier they're like, to yeah, break. I just, it's like yeah, I just want to get out of here. Right. So it's just, yeah, the, the brain's a little more malleable yeah. because it is an unstable mindset. I would assume. I'm not qualified, but, you know, going on what we do know as a people. Yeah, well, you're more qualified that that, than some than probably most of our listeners. Well, I mean, my my degrees are in like child development, but which is is, is a huge portion of it. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not a psychologist or a therapist by any means. I, my master's is in diagnostician. There it uh, is. Okay, so the master's for, yeah. for well for for testing, mm-hmm. but I have I've never utilized it, so I wouldn't say I'm anywhere close to being a professional in that area. Right. You ready to move on now that you mentioned that you have a master's degree? How did we get to talking about me? (laughs) It always comes full circle, you know? It just always ends up that way somehow, no matter Uh, what we talk about. I apologize. So, all right. (laughs) So the other strange thing is that throughout the 70s, when the supposed killers were in prison, or the supposed killer was in prison, young girls uh, south of Houston still continued to die at the hands of one or more killers. Self uh, was arrested on June 10th of 1972. On January 3rd, 1973, a strawberry blonde 16-year-old named Kimberly Ray Pitchford vanished after school. Now that's weird. Now if they have the killer locked up, how is this still happening? Interesting. Right. So if he's still incarcerated, which I think he was, then yeah, he definitely was. That does not add up. So at 5 p.m., around 5 p.m., uh, she was at the driving school trying to get her learner's permit. Then at uh, around 6 p.m., uh, she left and was never seen again. Uh, she was responsible, much like Brenda Jones, so her parents never assumed that she had ran, uh, ran away. Elmer and Carol Pitchford called Kim's friends, but nothing came of it. The next day, uh, two teenage boys walked by a wooden bridge on County Road 65 and noticed something black billowing against the fence. Uh, they had returned the next day and went over to the object. It was a black coat, similar to the one Kim was wearing uh, when she was at the driving lesson. Uh, they thought nothing of it. They walked back to their truck and noticed something in the nearby uh, the nearby bayou where they were at. Um, and then they had found uh, the body of Kimberly Pitchford. Uh, the body uh, was wearing a blue and red dress, uh, a red bra, and a small gold cross on a chain that was around her neck. Uh, a driver's license application was found in the same uh, red uh, Kimberly Pitchford on it. So, I mean, it was clearly it was, that it was, she yeah, was identified. It was, it was obviously yeah. her. And then the ME determined that that cause of death was 
ligature strangulation, much like a lot of yes. the other ones that we talked about. That is very yeah. interesting. Well, so 20 months later, uh, on September 6th of 1974, uh, police in the Houston and Galveston area searched for two missing girls. Brooke Bracewell, she was 12, and George Greer, who was 14, uh, they didn't show up to McAdams Junior High one day. So again, after talking with the parents, police assumed that they had two runaways who had just simply skipped school. Do you think cops really uh, think that they're runaways, or are they just like trying to get out of paperwork? I think it's a little bit of both. I think they're trying to get – it's not like they're they're uh, eager to jump on a case like that so soon because on the other hand, I understand there's there probably is a legitimate waiting period to there's where you're a, like – There's yeah, a, side, a age, system in place. Yeah, there could it, – it's very common that a 12 or a 14-year-old could have just gone home with a friend, didn't call their parents because they're dipshits. Like this shit happens all the time. Yeah. So I can understand how law enforcement would be like, all right, well, we're still going to give it a few more hours. Well, it's also just human nature. I mean, anything. I was an MP for in the Army. I mean, you get complacent. You get, you know, it just becomes a job after a while. And you're just like, I mean, I never dealt right. with any missing kids, but you get to the yes, point where you're like, you I'm, see a guy run a stop sign and you're like, ah, fuck it. Right. But I'm speaking on behalf of like the, the good cops, like the. the oh, so the, I was a bad one. Yeah, absolutely. If you were complacent on your job, <laughs> of course I like, would. That's 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 textbook. <laughs> I wasn't choking people employee. to death. Come on now, I wasn't well, doing no, anything crazy. But, but you, if you're not responding, that's just he a, ran a stop sign. I'm not going to freak out over that. Who cares? The I next stop sign he runs. I hey, run stop signs every day, dude. Uh, yeah, I almost got hit by one today. Well, watch out. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm just fucking kidding, dude. <laughs> No, I don't want to people, get you mad. I'm you just got, joking. I don't run stop. No, time. just because you have the right of way. I have children in the car. It's safe. So, yeah. Anyway. Let's move on uh, no, before at, at that, Johnny thinks I'm going to hit him. Right. At that age, uh, it's very common. So Yeah, uh, kids it, are dumb. Kids do dumb stuff from, all the from time. From reading a report, it's it's not enough for me to say, yeah, those are terrible cops and they were shitheads. Like, no. Yeah. I, no like I, I can kind of understand the circumstance. So, again... Uh, after talking to the parents, they assumed the two had run away. They'd skipped school. So to add to the fear of a serial killer in the Gulf Coast area, in 1975, Ted Bundy was incarcerated for aggravated kidnapping and attempted criminal assault. Bundy was a suspect in many killings across the entire nation. You can uh, find some of those at uh, one of our previous episodes. Yes, and we will know the Ted story. Bundy. Uh, of his escapes and such, he was finally arrested after his most notorious killing in Florida, but you will also find that out in our previous Yeah, he episodes. beat a bunch of girls to death with a log, and then Zac Efron played him in a movie then where they focused on how the fact that he had a girlfriend. Right. Ridiculous. But, in, but on April 18th of 1976, a worker on the Phillips Oil site stumbled upon the skulls of Brooke Bracewell and Georgia Career. So prisoners were brought out to help with the search of the bodies. 4,000 man-hours went into finding bits of clothing, uh, finding teeth, pieces of jaw. Uh, both Greer and Bracewell had died from blows to the head. I think that's a Texas thing to bring out the prisoners because they did the same thing in Dean Quarrel here in Houston whenever he killed all those boys and he would like – they were digging up his boat shed. They had prisoners come out and do it, and they like bought him Popeye's chicken and shit. And yeah, it was. Hey man, you want to? Yeah, you want to make right with Jesus? You get out here and you you dig you up get... those fucking bodies, little boy. Yeah, not little boy, but boy is kind of racist. I don't want to say that. It, 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 yeah, I think it is. But little boy is so, also way weird. to go. So now Thanks I just feel like I'm digging a hole even further. You are. 
Yeah. Uh, what exactly is a man hour? Is it the same as a regular hour? Because 4,000 man hours is equal to 166.67 days, and that's almost six months because six months is 187 days. So I think man hours only uh, pertains to, and, and I'm completely talking out of my ass, but I think it only pertains to uh, weekday business hours. Like working time, like on the clock. Yeah. But okay. here's the thing. When you go to a dealership and have anything done to your car, they do like flag time. And like it's kind of like man hours, I think. So it's like for every hour. But if it's a four-hour job, they're going to take eight hours. I don't understand how they get away with that. Yeah, because <laughs> like, it's bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So Bracewell and Greer have been missing for two years. You're saying Greer. It's to- gear. Gear. Did I say, am I saying Greer? Like the last four times you've said the name. It's Gear. My, my apologies. No, that's fine. Yeah. I just Her name is like- Gear. Yeah. 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 So Bracewell and Gear have been missing for two years at this point. And uh, so no other girls went missing. Uh, everyone uh, held out hope that the killer, if it were only just one, had moved on. But we know serial killers <laughs> no, do not God. operate they that do way. not stop until they are caught or they die. Uh, but it is interesting that no other girls went missing. It kind of makes you think he was holding on to them and that was like satisfying his urges. And then he got bored with them and decided to dump them. But they were skeletons. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah. So, but hope was shattered when 12 year old Suzanne Bowers. Uh, so she, at 10 4 a.m., she <laughs> left her grandparents' home to walk home and change into a bathing suit and ride her bike three miles to Stewart Beach. Fuck, which was dude. A, pop- a 12 year old? Three miles? Yeah, it's but a good this little is the 70s, piece, man. man. This is 70s. She should have called an Uber. Moving on. So Susie's friend, Sarah Groves, uh, she watched her uh, watched for her at Stewart Beach, but Susie never showed up. Again, the police said she probably ran away. Nearly two years later, in March of 1979, two boys on dirt bikes rode through a field on the mainland, uh, not far from where Colette Wilson disappeared. They found Susie's skeleton. Susie would be the the last of the 1970s killings of teenage girls tied to the I-45 mysteries anyway. Uh, 12 in the 70s, 77 in the 80s, 6 in the 90s, and then 3 in the 2000s. So yeah, how we... modern this crime is. 2000s. <laughs> so we all know that the bulk of the murders happened in the 70s. Uh Actually, I don't even think I wanted you to read that part because I reiterated it here, but it's fine. Um, So like Johnny said, there was 12 in the 70s, 7 in the 80s, 6 in the 90s, and 3 in the 2000s. And we're not going to go into each murder like we did with the ones in the 70s because obviously those were the bulk. Uh, We're kind of going to not speed through these, but we're going to talk about them rather quickly uh, for time's sake because we still got to get to suspects and all of that kind of stuff. So we're just going to go into the women that were killed uh, the following years, the following decades after uh, this happened, which just, and honestly, I mean, now that I think about it, it makes you think there's no way it was one killer because you're not going to be killing young girls in the seventies and then still killing them in the two thousands. Like you're going to be a weak old man by that time or dead. I, I would, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a guy out there that's very Dexter like, but I would assume that you would get sloppy before that amount of time had passed. Yeah, but maybe it goes the other direction. Maybe you just get better and better. But no, they always get, they always go through berserker mode and shit where they. Right, but fuck that's up. if you can control, like, yeah, but that's if you land on a plane mentally and you can maintain on that plane. Yeah. How often are they able to maintain that? 
Like, not it's, much. You got you got to you got to level up, dude. It's like ah, this, this isn't enough. Yeah. I and when you. You, and when you lack the ability to understand emotions from other people, it's so easy to just level up without feeling any kind of remorse. Yeah, exactly. Which is what all of these people yeah. are typically. I mean, they might feel a little bit of remorse, but not enough to stop. I I don't think they. I don't know. I yeah. I don't. It just I, it's case by case. Well, but, they don't yeah, feel remorse of, the way we feel. A lot of the guys it. we've covered. Yeah, but a lot of guys we've covered. I would say no. <laughs> no, they yeah. do not. And the next guy we're gonna cover is a raging pile of shit, and he's not gonna have any remorse. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. All right. So getting into the victims. So. After Susie was killed, uh, Michelle Garvey, she was 15. Garvey was from New London, Connecticut. Uh, She left home June of 1982 and was believed to have hitchhiked, but it is unknown uh, how she ended up in uh, Texas. uh, Strangely, her body was found just hours after her death. Now, I will say, once we get going through all these, you're going to notice there's a significant difference in the MO. So I think that by this point, the 12 girls in the 70s might have been one guy. It might have been him trying to figure out his MO. That's why I kept changing. Honestly, it could have been one person. But all of these, I think they just saw the Texas Killing Fields as a dumping ground. And that they were like, yes, that's just what we're going to do. We're just going to take the bodies there because it's like the Zodiac thing. There's already bodies piling up there. Might as well throw mine on the pile. Not to sound too indelicate, but you know what I mean. Yeah, poor choice. Um, no, yeah, no, I, 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 I see that. Uh, so, uh, moving on to the next one, uh, don't even ask so, me how to say it. I have no idea. It's Jer- that is No, uh, her name was her name. No, it's, uh, I believe it's Spanish of some descent, but it's Heidi Villarreal. Oh. Um, but it's hyphenated. So she was married to a white guy that was named Phi, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, and I am completely making that up. I don't I have no, yeah, idea we don't know anything about her. her. But her last name is hyphenated, so uh, F-Y-E-5. I don't know. Do it the way you will. So she was 23. She was from League City, Texas. She was last seen on October 10th of 1983. She was last seen at a corner store off of West Main and Hobbs in League City. And her remains were found in uh, the 3000 block of Calder Road after a dog found her skull and brought it to a nearby house. After her was uh sandra ramber she was 14 so i mean these there's a couple in their young 20s but a lot of these kids are so young yeah the ages are very scattered so ramber was from santa fe texas that's where she was last seen on october 26th of 1983 at her home her front door was left open there was uh food in the oven and her purse and coat were still in the house i don't know why i would mention that because she's 14 but yeah her purse and her coat were found in the house, she'd believed to be linked to the Texas Killing Fields, but her remains have yet to be found. Ugh, that's the fucking worst, dude. Yeah. Uh, Laura Miller, she was 16, was last seen on September 10th of 1984. Ironically, at the same corner store as Via Real Fi, using a payphone to call her boyfriend. Her remains were found 60 feet away from where police found Via Real Fi's the year before. So I guess they did find. No. They never found Rambers. Yeah, they and found. Then, yeah, uh, yeah, they, they found Villarreal fives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was right next to each other, uh, or, Could or be you same know, killer. close by. Yeah, I mean that things like that make sense. I get it, uh, but then the other stuff that we say, it's like, yeah, no, I, 
it sounds like more than one killer. Yeah. So, uh, but after after uh, Laura Miller was Audrey Cook. She was thirty. So I mean, it's hard to like identify an mo when the, the ages are so sporadic. So Audrey Cook's thirty years old. She was last seen in December nineteen eighty five. She was discovered on February second of nineteen eighty six in a field in the three thousand block of Calder Road. Again, she had a small caliber gunshot wound to the back. Now that one is strangely similar to the first murders. Right. I mean, it's like half and it's like there's two different dudes like just swapping out nights. Like I'll yeah. drive, you <laughs> like do your who's thing, on shift, you and know? then tomorrow, how dare you? That is a terrible shrooms reference. What most people. Do you say shrooms? I said who's on sh- shift. Oh. Jeez. Oh, I know what pushes shrooms. your fucking buttons. No, I thought you were just assuming that people like shrooms were like No, I feel like you're like le- I feel like the least likely person to tell me is the person who's <laughs> on shrooms. Okay, yeah, no, we're on the same page. Now, I if they were on kind of, PCPs, it's a little different. Right. Right. I I yeah. Seen cops enough to know what that does to you. Uh but yeah, so it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because uh, it's it's two different methods of killing. There are so many different – yeah, it can't be the same person. And we're going to talk in a minute about how killers are particular. And uh, But just – we'll finish the victims out first and then I'll talk about that. Uh, so after that, Shelly Sykes, she was 19. Okay, we're going from a 30-year-old to a 19-year-old. That is she a great was- last name though. She's set up for all kinds of psych jokes. Back in the nineties, yeah. Is yeah. that like a is that like a psych you out or a Wanda Sykes well, reference? No, she was pop. I mean, like, psych? Was Wanda Sykes popular in the nineties. I was really eighty six, so I don't even know. Oh no, I don't think Wanda Sykes. I don't even know if Psych was a thing yet. I just see Sykes and I'm like Psych, and I think it's funny. I still say Psych, yeah. Yeah, Psych, psych is yeah. funny. It's always gonna be funny. Yeah, Gen Z psych can out? fuck dude. off. Who? Gen Z, dude. They don't think that our stuff is funny. Oh, they don't. Oh, they don't use psych. No, it's like not a thing psych. anymore. No, they use oh. like cap and weird shit like that. Neat. Yeah, neat's <laughs> kind of funny. I saw this meme one time, and it was like, it was like the, op- the it was like the opposite of yeet is yoink, and then it was like the Lord yeeteth the Lord yoinketh away. <laughs> uh, I like it because it equally does not make any sense. Yeah, so. yoink is hilarious. Yeah, yoinketh. Yeah. All right. Uh, so. Yeah, so she's uh, Shelly uh, Shelley Sykes. She was last seen on May twenty fourth of nineteen eighty six, leaving her job as a waitress at uh, Gatos. Is that how you say that? It was. It's a beachfront restaurant there. Gatos or Gatos? Um, might be Hydos. I don't know. Hydos. It starts with a G. I feel like it started with a J. Maybe. I think it's Gatos. Gatos. You'd have to tell me the genre. I don't know what kind of the genre. You know the the genre of food. yeah, it's heavy is metal that correct? food. No, it's not even. Close. You can still say no, you can. genre does genre doesn't only pertain to music. Okay, but you're not going to say what genre is that soda you just gave me? Uh, well, no, we're talking food. Let's stick with food. So, how would you? It still it? pertain. It's still. I would say what what what, what, what style what, of food? Yeah, what, what style. Genre, what genre is a style. <laughs> no, it's not. It is. No, Look it's, it up. it's. I don't need to. I know it's what wrong. Genre. Oh you, my you god! Fill the don't air with do your this. Nonsense it's not nonsense. It's our show. It I is fill absolutely. the air with what I want. 
genre, a category of artistic composure. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think Guido's was an artistic on. composure. Hold on. Hold on. As in music or literature, characterized by similarities in form, style, or subject matter. Still is not right. It's just like, it, it's, I feel it might like not be wrong, but it's style, not right. You can use genre with anything outside of music. Okay, it's not right, but it's, it's not wrong, but it's not right either. Well, then what would you say? I would say style, maybe culture, maybe type of food. What uh, type of food? What type of restaurant is it? There you go. Type of restaurant, not genre So what's of the food. difference in saying what type of music do you listen to and what genre of music do you listen to? Those are, those, those are, that's, those are the same, but this is not. You don't say – This is not. Okay. Oh, so, hey, babe, what, what genre right. are you hungry for? Yeah, what genre – I mean, I, okay, we can admit that that is not the more popular phrasing. And it's not, uh, but it's not, on. but it's not, but it's not wrong. Is what I'm saying. Okay. What, just, We're getting can, really off topic. You can have it. Right. I don't care. You, I don't know Thank what you. genre of food it was. Hey, Beachfront's probably burgers and fries. Look, for those listening, just leave us a review. Let us know but be what nice, you think or, it is. I swear. Yeah. No, whatever. But okay. <laughs> so moving on. Uh, Guido's Beachfront Restaurant. That's they probably what had burgers and seafood. Thing. So, well, her car was found the next day stuck in mud and blood-stained on the side of an I-45 access road south of Galveston. Uh, one of her convicted kidnappers, Gerald... It's a um, seafood restaurant. And if you want to eat there, it's located at 3828 Seawall Boulevard in Galveston, Texas. Still there. Go check it out. I'm the sure genre is seafood. It says it the right genre there. The genre is, is seafood. seafood restaurant. It, thank you. Uh, it does say that, doesn't it? It does 100% say that. So on truefacts.com. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So one of her convicted kidnappers, his name was Gerald Peter Swartz, uh, drew a map for police of where to find the body, but her remains have yet to be found. He so, must not be a good artist. Yeah. He should have uh, chosen a different genre of art. He's just looking for recognition. So... Suzanne Renee Richardson, she was 22. She was last seen on October 7th, 1988 uh, at, her la at her job as a night clerk. She was a night clerk at the Casa del Mar condos, uh, and she was last seen around 6 a.m. Uh, other than the scream witnesses heard and a lone shoe in the parking lot, she has never been seen or heard from again. Jeez, that's rough. Yeah. Uh, Donna Prudhomme. She was 34, was last seen in 1991. Her body was found in the 3000 block of Calder Road on Again. September 8, 1991. That's almost uh, the day Look, I can understand, like, growing up, like, near and around South Dallas, where, like, crime can be a little amped up. Uh, you hear about a lot of crime when you, when you turn on the TV or whatever. Um, but the same block? Yeah, that's weird. So, Lynette Bibbs, she's she follows after after Donna. Lynette Bibbs, she was fourteen, uh, another young one. So she was last seen February first, nineteen ninety six, at a teen club with her friend. Uh, her friend's name was Tamara Fisher, uh, and she they were also with a twenty two year old male companion who claimed to have dropped them off at a motel on Old Spanish Trail, Houston. Her body was found by Tamara's off the side of uh, a dirt road near Cleveland, Texas. 
They had both been shot to death, but police suspect two different people. Which I wasn't is sure. Crazy. I wasn't sure why that one was people? included because Cleveland, Texas, is a good bit away from Galveston. I it is. Maybe they were from the area. But how are two bodies found next to each other, and they suspect two different killers? Isn't two that wild? Two different guns. You can tell the the the. Well, okay, yeah, the, I, that the makes sense. Hand as far as like a bullet, right? But how many two. cases to where you have like? There's always even if you have a group of of villains that do this shit. There's always one that takes charge and does the fucking. Yeah, gun there's always handle. the dominant and the but, submissive personality in any right. killing couple. But they went, uh, you know. Duet style. That doesn't happen often. Duet you style? Just side by side. You, you are know, just like... whizzing these weird similes or weird <laughs> metaphors out. <laughs> like they were singing a fucking song and then pulled I'm, the trigger. I'm, I'm trying to make. Uh, I'm trying to make things just kind of uh, catch fire, you know, and yeah, sweep well, the nation. I don't be, think it's be working. Trendy. Okay. Yeah. Well. All right. Okay. So. Uh. So Crystal Baker. She was 13. She was last seen on March 5th of 1996 uh, after leaving her grandmother's house. She was seen using a phone at a local corner store to ask someone to come pick her up. Two hours later, her body was found. She had been raped. She had been strangled. And then her body was dumped over the I-10 Trinity Bridge. Kevin Smith, 45, was convicted of capital murder in her death in 2012 and sentenced to life in prison. See, this one definitely makes you see that it's it's not the same killer the whole way through because you don't go from shooting your victim to raping and strangling them. I mean, honestly, if the killer was going to rape the girls, why didn't he do it with the first fucking like 20 that he killed, you know? And also the killings kept going after Smith was put in prison. So obviously he wasn't the fucking ringleader of the killing. I think also, isn't Kevin Smith an actor? Isn't he the guy in clerks? (laughs) Yes. The same Kevin Smith. Can't believe he's fallen so far. (laughs) So I, my girlfriend again, I'm, 27 I, look, dicks. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not qualified to say a lot of the things that I'm probably about to say. But I feel like you preface uh, a lot of the things you say on the show with that and then you continue to be, to say the things anyway. Because I have a lot of opinions and I want people to know that they are strictly opinions. It's just okay. based on like personal experience, education, but things that I've seen. But I'm not saying that my perspective is the only perspective and that's why I, I usually preface it with some some shit so but when you're talking about the mindset of someone who is um emotionally disturbed or um has uh, some type of mental deficit to where they they lack the capability of reasoning um uh the functioning of the overall executive part of your brain okay i could see how a lot of these individuals could be uh, also suffering with with ocd so when you have ocd everybody knows what it is but you kind of have a, a regiment that you stick to so when you have these type of of individuals that are mentally not stable uh and anything new or surprising or um unpredictable is going to be uh very unnerving it's going to increase anxiety levels so 
it's hard for me to see that someone is able to switch it up so much is well, the point I can, that I'm trying to get. I at. can put that in even simpler terms as far as serial killers go. I've read yeah. a lot of books about them. I've read a lot of books about FBI agents who have have caught serial killers and questioned them. I mean, John Douglas, uh, Roy Hazelwood, all these guys started the behavioral analysis unit. I've read their books, and they say that, like, so take the take the one shooting the girls, for instance. He doesn't rape them, which more than likely means he's impotent. So the only thing that gets him hard is the shooting. But he's not a necrophiliac, so he doesn't he doesn't rape the bodies afterwards. Right. So what makes him blow his load is the shooting. Just like Son of Sam. If you think back to Son of Sam, how he was, he the shooting is what made him come. And then he would go back later and jerk off at the scenes or whatever. And But then you got somebody like Bundy who wants to fuck the corpses and shit. Like, that's his thing. Like, they don't deviate from the things that make them shoot. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, they don't deviate from the things that make them blow their loads. Because that's why they kill. Because they hate women. They want to come, but they can't fucking, for the life of them, form a relationship with somebody. And nine times out of ten, like, if you think of someone like Bundy, he can't just, like, have regular sex. Like, he needs them to be suffering. He needs them to be screaming. I think he even said a quote like that where he's like, I need them to be screaming. Like, I can't come unless they're screaming or something like that. But then, like, Dahmer, you think of his M.O., he he wanted them to never leave. He wanted them to be completely still and not breathing. That was his thing. So they never deviate. They Once they find their MO, they're stuck in it, and that's that. They're not going to change. That's what I'm saying. Like You're not going to go yeah. from just shooting a victim to raping the victim before you strangle them, and then now you're strangling them. Like It just doesn't happen like that. No killer is switching up their MO like that. Yeah, I think uh, I think in what we've covered so far on the things that we've read, I feel like the only time it's appropriate to switch the MO or call an audible is when the strangulation doesn't go as planned or when plan A is such a shitty plan A. Yeah, or if they're trying to trip B up or... the police. Like if they know the police are yeah. on to them, they'll switch up their MO just a little bit, but it's always going to be the same. I mean, not the best phrase, but I'm going to say it, the same skeleton of the MO. It's going to always be... You know, the strangling yeah. is going to happen, or the rape is going to happen, or the fucking whatever. He's going to stick a screwdriver in their eye. Like, it's always going to be that thing, because that's what makes them fucking splooge. Right. Anyway, I'm done with my rant. We can move on to Laura Smither now, who was sadly only 12. So, yes, Laura Smither was 12. She was last seen April 3rd, 1997, after telling her mom that she was going on a run. Uh, 17 days later, on April 20th of 1997, her body was found in a retention pond in Pasadena, Texas. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys a quick story. No shit. The guy who bullied me in middle school killed his mom in like 2000-something. I can't remember what year it was, but it was like fairly recent and dumped her body in the oxidation pond behind his house. That was recently? His name's James McMahon. You can look it up. I swear to God. I knew this kid. I went to middle school with him. He fucking killed his mom after an argument, dumped her body in the fucking retention pond. And I read her obituary, and they still mentioned him as a surviving family member. <laughs> James McWhite? James McMahon. I typed it out right here. M-C-M-A-H-O-N. Just types James McMahon, Provencal, Louisiana. I swear to God. All right. Everybody look it up. Piece of shit. Yeah, dude, he sucks, and I punched him in his fucking nose one time. And he didn't kill me and put me in an oxidation pot, so that's cool. That's, that's good that he didn't kill you. Yeah, it is good, because who knew he was going to grow up to murder his mother? Yeah, he was yeah, 21 when he did it. It happened in 2012. He fucking killed his mom. I don't remember how he killed her, but yeah, it's fucking crazy. Dude. 
So what happened to him? Do we want uh, to cover him later? No, you only killed one person. That's not up to my standards. <laughs> oh, he's shade. Not, he's not enough of a psychopath <laughs> for me to even give him a fucking moment of my time. All right, well, then, yeah, what happened to him before we get into, like, what the fuck? I'm pretty sure he's just in prison. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's just in prison. Oh. God, kill your own mom? Maybe she sucked, though. Maybe she was a shitty mom. So she deserved to die. I'm not saying it was justified. I'm just saying the... the, the, the We're both the, digging a couple holes here. <laughs> there's a root of the problem. I'm no, insulting I'm not, I'm not bad people. You're no. saying his mom deserved to die. Maybe we should just move on to Jessica Kane. I'm just trying to get the whole story. Jessica Kane. She was 17. She was last seen on August 17th of 1997 at the Bennigan's restaurant near Baybrook Mall in Clear Lake. Uh, she was with a friend at around 1.30 in the morning. 19 years later... Jeez... Yeah, Jessica's remains were found in a field off of East Orem Road next to Hobby Airport. Uh, suspected serial killer William Lewis Reese directed investigators to search the area where her remains were found. Reese was indicted with the murders of Jessica Kane and Laura Smither. So, interesting shit. So, Todd yeah, Harriman, yeah, Todd Harriman, 57, uh, Todd was last seen driving her car. In, in uh, was it 1995? Lincoln Continental is what she was driving, and she was driving along Highway 35. Uh, neither she nor her car have ever been found. That's crazy. Even the car? That's wild. How do you dude. lose a Continental, man? They're fucking huge. They're like now the size it's of a small middle, house. Yeah, but now it's sitting in the middle of a pasture, rusting away. Yeah, we'll never know. But like we said a minute ago, these victims are all over the place. 57, 17, 12. I mean, the ages are way too spread out to be one serial killer. Like we said, serial killers are very particular about who they kill. Now, we're not talking about spree killers or super disorganized killers. Like, you've heard of Richard Chase. I think we, we talked about him on our um, Extreme Cases of Delusion episode. We kind of made that a Richard Chase episode on accident. But we talked about him there. And extremely disorganized killers like him, are they're caught rather quickly, way before they can hit double digits. So... These killers who go on to kill for a long period of time, Dahmer, Son of Sam, Gacy, all these guys, they're very organized. So not organized as in like their houses are in order, but organized and like they know how to not get fucking caught. They know how to like play the system. Right. Gacy in I particular. This is uh when you say long periods of times of killing, like this is not even comparable. Like those guys lasted maybe a decade. This dude has lasted three decades, allegedly. If it's the same guy, yeah, but there's no if it's way the same it's him. Guy. There's no way you're not killing into your 60s. And that's to say, if I you mean, start killing at 30, most serial killers start killing uh, 34, I believe, is the is the average. Look, if if he did end up killing into his 60s, um, that's gonna make one hell of a movie. But honestly, though, also think of the logistics of being a serial killer who kills for 30 years. Dahmer held a job, but he only he always killed on Saturdays. Uh, Bundy never really had a job. He mooched off people, stole shit. Gacy had a contracting business that fed into his ability to kill. Unless your job is helping you get your killing done, that's like a second job that's not paying you. That takes up a lot of fucking time. Look at BTK. Look how much time he spent stalking victims and shit like that. Like it's he it's like a second job. It's not like you can just do it. And imagine doing two jobs for fucking 30 years, dude. That's some fucking that's crazy. Um, yeah, no, it's a handful. It'd be it it'd wear you the fuck out. You'd age. He'd mm. be 60, he'd probably look fucking 90. 
that that's uh, that's an interesting image. I if uh yeah I I was gonna say someone else earlier, but no, if there was a movie about this, it would be played by Clint Eastwood. Ugh. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, just a ninety-year-old serial killer. Yeah, he just talks out of the side of his mouth like this. That's how he talks. At least that's how he talks. In <laughs> Gran Torino. I I can see your face, so it makes sense to me. But you yeah. sound I sound like, like you're I'm trying choking. to like it, or like a just a really shitty Batman. Where's the Joker? Have you seen that? Where he's, just like, he's like, I'm. It's like the wrong clown. He's just beating the fuck out of some random clown. It's uh, what's his name? Comedian. Um, it's fuck, um, it's college humor, name? I believe. Yeah, but that dude, he's irrelevant. Let's move on. We're gonna get off topic again. No, no, it's gonna kill me. No, we're gonna pause this. Oh my god. He's like the Joker. Oh no, the one I'm thinking of is the one where he's like, I can't understand what you're saying, and he's like yelling. Pete Holmes, man. There's people like yelling at us right now. It's Pete Holmes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Sarah Trusty. Back to Sarah Trusty. Sarah Trusty was 23 years old. She was last seen leaving her house in Algoa. I think is how you say it. Algoa, Texas. Yeah. Um, if I'm saying it wrong, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> this was during the evening hours of July 12th of 2012. The next day, her bike... T- 2002. Yeah, you're right. 2002. The next day, her bike was found in the foyer of the Algoa Baptist Church. And 14 days later, her body was found in the Texas City uh, Dyke by a fisherman. I'm guessing the Texas City Dyke is like a body of water there. I would hope so. Yes. Um, and then the last one is Teresa Venegas. She was 16 years old. She was last seen walking near the Green K subdivision on Halloween night. And then three hours later, her body was found strangled, raped, and her hair cut off in a field across from Dickinson High School. So, and again, the MO doesn't... It doesn't fit. It doesn't match. And then raped with her hair cut off? Dude, that's extreme hatred for women in general. Yeah. Especially doing that to a 16-year-old. This dude fucking hates women. Like, he why? Wants to like, what's them. going through your head where you feel like this is necessary? Degradation, dude. That's all they see. They're fucking animals, man. So shitty. Very shitty. So, yeah, we're gonna get into the suspects now, and uh, this will be the last little piece, just a couple pages more. So, yeah, so we've already talked a little bit about Michael Lloyd's self, so let's talk about Edward Harold Bell. Bell was a known exhibitionist and had been arrested at least 12 times on charges of showing his genitals to fucking children. Multiple? It should happen once, and then that should be it. You should be in jail. Like, honestly? <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, why is there it should be a zero. There, there's a zero tolerance on alcohol, but there's not on child rape. Look at fucking Wesley <laughs> Allen Dodd, dude. Sense. Look no yeah. further than him, and also go listen to that episode, and also go listen to us interviewing C.W. Jensen, who was the uh, detective on that case, who is, uh, yes, I would consider again, a friend of Mr. mine. Mr. Jensen. Yeah, We're going to interview him again, again soon, so. actually, about the guy he killed in a police. He took like, a life? Yeah, dude, he's fucking... Dude. Yeah, man, we're gonna interview him right, again pretty soon. Heavy. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Right. He said we can make all the jokes we want. He doesn't care. He's great. Right. He is a pretty fantastic. He's awesome. Guy. <laughs> he's a cool. He's a yeah. fucking cool guy. Uh, now, if we could just get John Douglas on the show, I'd be really happy. All right. I'm yeah, sure he doesn't have much cool. going on. You know, being a retired FBI agent. Right. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I think if you like to talk about what you like to talk about, you'll take the time to talk about it. We'll see. Maybe I'll email him. Yeah. So Bell lived on the beach in Galveston and owned a surf shop. Uh, he knew two of the victims. Uh, that was uh, Debbie Ackerman and Maria Johnson, who frequently went to his store. 
Uh, in the mid-1970s, he acquired a plot of land in Dickinson and lived there uh, near the place where two more victims, Brooks and Bracewell, uh, and Georgia Gear were last seen alive. And uh, Oh, sorry, that's my, uh, that's my two red flags waving in the wind over here. That's right. what that sound was. Yeah, very convenient. Uh, so in 1978, while masturbating on the street in front of a group of teenage girls, <laughs> Bell was confronted by 26-year-old former Marine Larry Dickens after Dickens removed Bell's car keys and refused to return them while the mother of the girls called police. Dickens ain't it, fucking around. And there's a 1997, no. I think, is the the Unsolved Mysteries uh, era this one was in. But there's an episode about... Um, Dick, about Larry Dickens, he's in there. He's plays by uh, Matthew McConaughey, actually. Yeah, no, I've heard. I want to see it, but yeah, it's good. I'll send you the uh, YouTube link. I watched it the other day. It's fucking cool. It's really, they all the actors were actually really good in it. Cool. Yeah, I want to check that out. Uh, but in retaliation, Bell shot and killed Dickens. Bell fled out, was caught by police. Um, he posted bail and fled Texas and eventually the country. He evaded police. Yeah, no, he evaded you police. You see why he has two- an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Right, right. So he he basically eluded the police for more than two decades. And in 1994, he was arrested in Panama and extradited to the U.S. In 1998, he wrote several letters to the Harris County attorney confessing to the crimes of five girls in 1971 and six more between 1974 and 1977. He said he did not remember the names of the victims, but explicitly stated he killed Debbie Ackerman, Maria Johnson, Colette Wilson, and Kimberly Pitchford, and well, uh, as well as two other unnamed girls whom he abducted from Webster in August of 1971. Uh, turns out uh, the girls whose names he didn't know were Rhonda Johnson and Sharon Shaw. He called his murders the 11 who went to heaven. I hate how clever that is, and I hate how good of a fucking metal album name it would be. Oh, my God. I hate you for saying it. Yeah, because now you agree with me. <laughs> I don't know. Despite, of, despite all this, though, Bell was never charged with these murders since there was no evidence to support his confession. He did remain the prime suspect until he died in the Wallace Pack unit, a prison that houses elderly prisoners um, and he died in 2019. He was 82 years old at the time. I mean, all those victims are roughly the same age, 16, 15, 13, and 14. Um, so, I mean, it would make sense that that was his type, you know? Right. Well, another <laughs> suspect was William Lewis Reese, who we already discussed. So next we would uh, would be what Mark Stallings. So Stallings was a convicted kidnapper, kidnapper serving as uh, – serving. he was serving a life, uh, a life term. He confessed to killing a girl in 1991 and later dumping her body in the fields. This body later turned out to be Donna Prudham. At the time of the murder, Stallings was working and living in League City, who, uh, which was you know near the homes of some of the girls who went missing and were later found dead. Uh, despite his testimony, he was uh, or has not been charged with any of the murders yet. But remains a, a suspect in the Donna Prudhomme and Audrey Cook's cases. Uh, just really quick about him living near the houses. That makes a lot of sense because pretty much all serial killers have a comfort zone where like they'll kill in that area because they know the area. They're not going to go. I mean, Ted Bundy's obviously an exception, but they're not going to go like fucking like 
10, 20 miles away and kill and then come back to the, you know what I mean? Like they're going to do it nearby so they can get home or whatever, but right. Well, and I mean, you know how it is when, when you're off work, you're ready to be home. So when yeah, you can and work when you near finish, home, when you finish I mean, your job of ideal. murdering girls, you're like, I just want to get home, <laughs> yeah. kick back, yeah, couple, just, throw a couple cold yeah. ones back and just watch some TV, man. I am stressed. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm assuming there's, there's some sort of human being in that body. So, yeah, uh, there's at least some part yeah. of that person. Maybe, that's like, maybe we have that in common. After a hard day's work, we're ready to be home. Hey, man. I mean, I'm sure he gets home and he's like, I got to take a shower. I can smell myself. And I just, <laughs> you know, it's been a hard day. I've been, I killed three girls yeah. today. Uh, yeah. No, it's, they're pieces of shit. They all are. Uh, I wish this guy was caught. He probably never will. He's another similar to Zodiac. Uh, he's probably fucking dead. Uh, or he's in prison for something else, same as Zodiac. Uh, it's never going to happen, never going to get caught. He got away with it. Um, but thankfully, the technology and stuff we have now, there's probably, it's very unlikely for something like this to ever happen again, where he gets up to that kind of numbers in the same area. You know what I mean? Like, it's, we're never going to have another serial killer like Bundy or like Dahmer or anything like that, which is a good thing. No, I, I feel like, no, I think it's safe to say that we've graduated into the mass murders because. Uh, it's harder to be a serial killer. If, yeah, if if you want your numbers to be up, you got to get a bunch at the same time because you're going to get caught before you get down the road. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, also, we're you know the people who were affected by all the lead poisoning that made them all psychopaths back then is they're they're all dying off. So yeah, it's actually I blame a very it on Gerber's. There's a very interesting theory about how lead poisoning in like lead in paint and shit like that in the schools caused people gave them brain damage and made them into a psychopath. Yeah, but don't you think the numbers would be higher if that were the case? These are just the ones we know about. Yeah, I guess so. There's a there's there's the statistic is that at any given time there's 50 active serial killers in the United States at any given time. As we're talking yeah, right that, now, there's probably a girl in somebody's basement chained up in the sta- in the city that I'm in. Absolutely, but when you're talking 50 in a in a nation, I mean those numbers are low. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, but that's like the statistic. It's like not even 1% of 1%. Well, one is too many in my book. No, I, I agree with you on that. We're on the same team. But uh, I feel like the dramatics should be toned down a bit because the likelihood is not as high. Well, we Luckily, wanna, we want to scare people. Yeah, I mean, it's a good – yeah, but you want to be honest and be like, yeah, your, your kid could probably hang out in front of the house after hours and be okay. Well, that's, I mean, depending on the age. We can get into that later, because, I mean, sex crimes okay. against children is a completely different animal from serial killers. I think we've talked about it for the last hour. I mean, these kids are 12 and 14, man. Well, I'm talking... Yeah, it was, okay. No, never mind. We're not, you're right. You're right. Okay. let's. Uh, it's in the episode. <laughs> we didn't do the plugs at the beginning, so we'll do them now. Uh, I don't think it works. I didn't get any new followers. No, but as far as the listens, like the percentage... I haven't even checked, honestly. I've been so busy with school. Oh, I haven't well even checked don't the talk listens. data until you've looked at data. Jesus. I can look right now. Give me a... Yeah, check them right now. I was no, looking we're... at Guido's menu, and it's, it's actually not that expensive. The restaurant, you can get a 16-ounce cowboy ribeye for 40 bucks. That is ridiculous. Is that expensive? I mean, it's just too much food. You're not going to eat that. Well, yeah, of course. Let's see. Numbers, 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 numbers. Do you want me to say the number or do you want to talk about it off air? No, yeah, say it. Uh, Only if it's flattering. (laughs) It's not flattering, does it? (laughs) It's pretty good. I think people are, I'll say this, people are probably waiting for the part two. So can you see the difference? Like if doing the plug in the beginning, can you see it? 
Why would that make a difference of doing the plug in the beginning? No, as far as the listening to the full episode instead of cutting out early and not getting the full listen. Uh, no, not really. You don't really see a difference. Hmm. I mean, Watergate has more. Given it's been out longer. Maybe people are just waiting for all the parts to come out because they want to binge it because most people like to binge shit. That's what I would probably do. And that's why you hate two-parters. And that's why I hate two-parters. Well, guess what? Next next episode, it's going to be a two-parter. It's going to be a six-parter. It's going to be fucking... <laughs> we're going to do a six-part series on the fucking Illuminati. It's going to be a to-be-continued unsolved mystery. And then we're going to post the conclusion in six months. <laughs> How does TV get away with that bullshit, dude? <laughs> I don't know. But no, honestly, next episode, uh, I bet most, if, unless you're a true fan, you've, you're still listening right now, because if you're not a true fan, you've probably already turned it off. But if you're still listening, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we're covering Jerry Brudos uh, next episode, and that is the shoe fetish slayer from Oregon. Uh, yeah, he liked to cut women's feet off and suck on their toes and shit, so pretty cool. Stay tuned. I like feet, but not that much. Not enough to cut a foot <laughs> Jesus, off. yeah. I'm so glad you ended it the way you did. I got worried. Yeah. <laughs> I like feet, but I've never had the opportunity to cut a foot off. <laughs> just, no, go back to the first thing. I like feet. Wait, I do. No, I like feet. Feet are cool. I'm good with that. Right, but saying nothing after it. Yeah, no, I do. I'm not, like, exclusive, but, like, I'm, I'm good with it. <laughs> Now you're trying to appease a whole no, group I'm just of saying, people. Like, a whole, I'm not a whole genre it. of people. A whole genre of fetishes. Uh, Don't kink shame me, okay? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Just get with the times, dude. We're a progressive podcast. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to say the Instagrams because it's too late. No one's listening anymore. It's fine. I don't care. Anyway, no, no, they've cut out. <laughs> yeah, they've cut way the fuck out. Uh, but yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Uh, Jerry Brudos, part one. Um, I do want to say hi to Michaela. I think that's how you say your name. Uh, we played Call of Duty earlier today together, and that was cool. So, hello. She also says I'm funnier than you. Okay, we'll catch you guys on the flippity flip later. <laughs>